And welcome to What Y'all Reading, a podcast where two friends and librarians gush over writing, talk about characters like we know them in real life, and nerd out over any historical connection we can find. Expect 30 minutes filled with fun, laughter, and a new YA book review every Wednesday. I'm Madeline. And I'm Alyssa. This week we read Music from Another World by Robin Talley. Yeah. So this book was... Really cool. We haven't read historical fiction yet. And we mm-hmm. also have not read an epistolary novel, um, which means the whole thing is written in diary entries and letters. Um, so journals mm-hmm. and letter, like pen pal letters to each other. It can also be epistolary novels can also be in text message, actually. And oh. Lauren Miracle wrote a whole series TTYL for preteens back in the early 2000s, but it was through AIM. <laughs> it was like through <laughs> Instant Messenger, MSN <laughs> Messenger. <laughs> it was the beginning. Oh, MSN of the... Messenger was the jam in my high school. <laughs> like, that's what we used. No one had AOL. We all had MSN Messenger. And we were all like, our taglines were like, yes. these- like super cryptic, oh, like I'm thinking about you. For sure. I'm, like... <laughs> so those are fun if you wanted to look up more that were different. Um, I love epistolary novels. I, when I was in middle school, high school, really elementary to middle school, it was the only thing that I would read if it wasn't written yes. in a diary form. And I think that part of this well, I did read Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High. But I think part of this is because Dear America books and all of those books were written as diary entries. And I was like, oh, yes. And then there's also the series called Amelia's Notebook by Marissa Moss. And those were written like like diary entries. And I loved it. So this was really fun for me. It was like a touchback to my roots, except I listened yes. to it. So I didn't get to see what the diary entries looked like. I didn't. I did a mixture of listening and reading to it, but I also read it on an ebook. Mm. So I don't know if the physical book looks different because there was nothing like too crazy yeah. special about the diary entries, really. Uh, Sometimes they do look a little different. But anyway, yeah. so this book, the actual book, not just the format, is about <laughs> these two girls. They live in California. It's 1977. Seven. And mm-hmm. they. Over the, the summer before their junior year of high school, before their senior yes. ju- junior year, they have a pen pal project. So their schools are both super, super Christian schools. And I guess they're sister schools or something because these two girls got paired up to be pen pals and everybody in her class had a pen pal and they had 10 questions that they had to answer as their assignment. Yeah, and I think it's like a connect. It's like a network of religious schools mm. in California, because Tammy's school was like a new wave of Baptist churches, and then Sharon's school was Catholic. So I think it might have been like a consortium connect. Yeah, like a yeah, like a consortium of mm. religious schools. So, um, so they become pen pals, and mm-hmm. that's the driving force be- behind their relationship. Tammy is a closet lesbian. Because her fam- she knows she knows she's, she's yeah. gay. She's one hundred percent 
gay. She's been trying to hide it since she was like six. <laughs> like, right. She knows. There's no question. But this poor girl, her family, when we say her family is religious, oh. like we are not exaggerating. Her aunt and uncle are like these. Aunt Mandy. <sighs> oh, God. I don't, <laughs> I don't even know the right words for Aunt Mandy. She's very, very religious. She's married to a priest or pastor. Just heads up, I will always get those confused. So just <laughs> bear with me throughout this whole episode. Um, but they're uh, this new wave of religious Baptist folks in Orange County, California. Yes. Like they started their own church. They started the school. They're very conservative. So Tammy has to hide. And she thinks that Aunt Mandy knows. Well, because Aunt Mandy just gives her those those weird, crazy looks and stuff. So, yes. So Tammy's having to hide. And very early on, we'll get to Sharon in a minute. But very early on, Tammy has a sleepover the year before in 76 at a friend's house. They sneak downstairs to watch Saturday Night Live, which they're not allowed to watch. And she was like, I don't see why they think it's so bad. But she, they snuck out to watch. And it was the episode where Patti Smith sang Gloria um, on SNL. Yeah. And it changed Tammy's life. She didn't know that people could be lesbians. I mean, she didn't know that. I guess she didn't know Patti Smith was queer. But she didn't realize that people could wear, like, men's shirts or ties, or be angry, and, like, just themselves, and it changed her life. So she bought the album Horses, and she listens to it all the time. Um, So that's an important tidbit, because, we'll skip over to Sharon. Do you want to talk about Sharon, so I'm not talking the whole time? (laughs) So, Sharon lives in San Francisco, and so just so we know, I didn't know this until I started reading the book. San Francisco is more upstate California um, because California is so big. I'm not familiar with geography. Um, anyway, so she lives in San Francisco. She goes to Catholic school. Her father's not in the picture. This is important to note. Um, it's just her mom and her older brother, mm-hmm. Peter. And Peter come out as gay sister. And she took it really hard at first. And she's like, well, it's my brother. I'm going to have to accept him for who he is, which I think is great. Um, But she's trying to navigate her life Mm -hmm. as going into her junior year. She has this boyfriend named Kevin. Um, You know, she doesn't understand fully what it means to be gay or the gay culture. So she goes out with her brother one night, and this is very in the very beginning, and she goes to, I think it's a yeah, protest? So they go to a protest yes. because, so Sharon is the only person that knows that her brother is gay. Um, the mm-hmm. only one, except for his friend Curtis from, like, summer camp 10 years ago or whatever. <laughs> but, um, so... There is this law and everybody in Tammy's school and everybody in Sharon's school, they're all against militant homosexuals. That's what they call it. And there's this lady from Florida named Anita Baker. Uh, fun fact, this is all true. So Robin Talley. Yeah, Robin she's Talley real. Did an amazing job of weaving in historical facts around these girls. But she's real and she was an orange juice spokesperson. And she 
bleeping bleeping nuts. She's motherfucking nuts, guys. <laughs> She's bad. She wrote. Um, so Florida passed this um, thing. I'm so bad with legal terms that it's it's a law or a before she protested, they passed something that gave gay people the same rights as everybody. Yeah. So then Anita Baker was like, mm-hmm. no, Jesus doesn't love Bryant. that. Anita Bryant. Bryant. Thank you. So, um, Anita Baker is a totally <laughs> different person. It turns out it's a, she's oh, a black no. singer and I'm not like, her. Oh, not her. <laughs> um, so the Anita Bryant, she goes against this and mm-hmm. gets this humongous campaign against this tiny little, this, this one law. I'm not finding my words today. In yeah. Florida. So it's, she's very outspoken. She ran the Thank Save you. Our Children yeah. campaign in which is, oh, to repeal local ordinance in Dade County, Florida, which prohibited discrimination on the yes. basis of sexual orientation. Thank you. I had to Google. <laughs> um, so, and just so we give a little background on this, Anita Bryant, she was like this American singer. Um, and she was a part of, she was a brand ambassador for the Florida Citrus Commission. So everyone knows her as the orange juice girl lady person. So she already had national pull to make this happen. And that's how the churches in California knew about it and were raising money to go against it. So when Sharon goes out with her brother, it's after this election has gone and Anita Bryant's law got passed. And so then discrimination was legal again. They were allowed to discriminate um, based on sexual orientation. And I want to pause right here to say that cancel culture is not new because no. this orange juice lady, this is freaking amazing, you guys. So that, like, she made her living on orange juice. So everybody hated her. All of, like, all the queer people were like, forget this lady. They stopped drinking orange juice. Completely. Yes. So I just, like this woman went. I just found that in the Wikipedia article. Like, her career was ruined. I was like, this is the most amazing example of a, maybe it was the first cancel culture. I don't know. It was just like, so it's not re- It's not. It's not new. <laughs> cancel culture is not new. No, there's literally, so I'm in the Wikipedia article for Anita Bryant, and there's like this sticker that says Anita Bryant, it's not a sticker, it's a pin, but it says, Anita Bryant sucks oranges. <laughs> and it's like not very original, but it's also so funny. I'm um, dying. But they, gay bars all over America, stop serving screwdrivers yes. and replace them with the Anita Bryant cocktail. Which was made of vodka and apple juice. And I'm sorry, I'm not a big drinker, but that's yeah, disgusting. Real gross. <laughs> so I'm not, I don't think a lot of people ordered Well, the point cocktail, was that it was a gross but, cocktail uh, and they weren't serving orange juice anymore. And Anita Brain is gross. So anyway, that's the end of, that's the end of she my is gross tirade. Or not tirade. Side, right. side conversation. What? I don't know. Sidebar, yeah, side thank bar. you. Um, so it's the night of that election, but so, and right. And her brother does not come home from work. No. Mm -hmm. So she freaks out. Freaks out. And she goes to find him. Finds him in an Um, alley behind his grocery store. (laughs) He's like, this is 
is not safe. <laughs> what? But so they um, find him in an alley. They have this conversation about how he's super upset and he doesn't want to go home and he really doesn't want to go home ever. Um, but no. he does want to go to Castro Street, which is the gay mecca of San Fran. Um, like. Yeah, it's I actually in the show notes. So please pull up the show notes from our Instagram at what y'all reading podcast, because there is a live camera of Castro Street that I linked to that you can see. And it looks pretty much the same. It's pretty cool. Um, yes. And I've also in the show notes, there's a great uh, San Francisco Pride timeline and then the GLBT Historical Society that's in San yeah. Francisco. So, so they go to Castro Street. There's this huge protest. And who else is there but Harvey Milk um, leading it, which is amazing. But they're at the protest and Sharon is like feeling the energy that comes with the protest. And it was so interesting that this was in this book mm-hmm. and in um, the last book, Song Below Water, because they yes. both characters talk about the energy of a protest. And they're both spot on. And Sharon's like, I've never felt like I've belonged anywhere. She's written to Tammy a couple times already that she just doesn't feel like she's a part of anything and that she's kind of lonely. And she doesn't feel like she fits anywhere. So this was the first time she felt like she ever fit. Um, But she was surrounded. God, that was really Midwestern. She was surrounded by by gay guys. There was not really many lesbians there. So she also kind of felt she felt like she fit, but she also felt like she didn't fit. Yeah. Right. Um, but these girls exchange letters yeah. back and forth. And it is what's great about what I appreciate is that the, mm-hmm. everything's dated. So you're aware of where you are, what time period, how much time has passed since they've started writing. Um, they don't give an example of no. every single letter that's in there, which is good because I feel like I'd be like, like word vomit almost yeah. like yeah. too much information. Um, but they also, so everything that's in their diary entries is very detailed and descriptive Mm -hmm. along with their letters, which I appreciate because it's, it's weird when you're reading from this point of view, you want to like, Oh, what are all the details? Cause usually you're in first person or third person and you're aware of everything going on. So, but I appreciate that the author took the time to incorporate these details. But it's also very tricky for epistolary when you do that because Mm -hmm. it takes you out of the letter. Because then you're not in a letter. Yeah. Like, there's you can't remember exact things that people say and write them down. Even an hour after no. it happens in an entire huge diary entry, it's just not logical. But I didn't think that very much. Like it didn't. She did a good job of doing that. So I was mm-hmm. so drawn into the story that I wasn't distracted by the fact that there's no way that could be a letter. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm like, this isn't yeah. a letter, but then I'm like, yeah. oh, yes, it is. It's fine. It's, it's done really yeah. well. Um, so a big thing that the girls connect over Yo, Patty, is music. Patty Smith. That's the whole reason why Patty we talked Smith. about them going to this protest. So they're at the protest. Yes. She sees this girl, like the only girl, and they're somewhere after it, and she sees a flyer um, for a punk show. And so instead of staying with her brother mm-hmm. around all these men... She goes home, she's on her way home, sees this flyer, and she's like, well, you know what? I'm going to go to this punk show. So she goes to this show, um, this live music, and she can feel the anger pulsing, and it's 
women and men all mixed together and she feels like it's like glory glory hallelujah she's found her place um so in one of her letters she writes to (laughs) tammy and she's like have you heard of punk music i say it like that because the the voice that sharon uses is just kind of it was on point it was on yeah like that's what sharon sounds like yeah but it was i was like come on she's one of those but she's not um so she asked tammy if she's heard of punk music and Tammy writes back and she's like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> have you heard I used to it every night. <laughs> so they super bond over that. And so, yeah, and that's how they start their friendship is they start like bonding over music and they're like, oh my God, I love this band. Have you listened to this person? Have yeah. you listened to this person? Which I think is great because we do that now as like, that's a continuous yeah. thing throughout society. Although I was, I was talking to Malin before we recorded about how I was not aware <laughs> of all of these punk bands. Because I thought I was, like, so educated in music. I am not. <laughs> like, let's just... I know Queen. I know Elvis. I know... Um... Now I can't think of any other ones. <laughs> <laughs> the only two bands you know. <laughs> I know so Queen and Elvis, more. that's it. Um, but I brought, I bring this up to bring up the fact that, like, I think everyone goes through a punk oh, rock phase. That's why I know all they of these. They have to. So I knew every single band like, because I spent my high school years in basement shows, you know, where we paid the bands with, like, fixing them spaghetti and all of us drink water out of, like, the old spaghetti jar. Like, it was punk rock. And so I, that's why I know all these bands because we did the handmade flyers. It was, like, basically still the 70s i don't know it was weird but i was like why do i know all these bands it's because we listened to the i listened to them in high school because i was that kid <laughs> right well like for me i think i it was weird because it wasn't more so punk rock it was just i don't know like i listened to shine down i listened to system of a down it's i listened a rebel to phase. oh so many like I anger music right it is like yeah, yeah you had your anger music and like i remember my mom being why do you want this band and I'm like mom you don't understand I love them I need their album and I'm like right what <laughs> right it was just and so like I, I kind of bonded with the girls over that because I was like oh I went through yeah. this like I can't remember all the bands now it's chopped my head yeah I did too so did much this. on the music level and going to the live shows which I'm so sad there are no we don't really have that scene here at all it's like the we only live music is like cover bands of it's bad but it's also because we're a tourist county with hilton yes. head and so all of the <clears throat> bars cater to all of these retired folks or folks that are far enough along in their career that they can afford a luxury vacation and they just want to listen to copacabana <laughs> <laughs> I will say growing up, oh, God, I can't remember the band's name. I feel so bad. It was, like, a local band, and they were, like, super, they were rock. They were, like, somewhat heavy, but not crazy heavy Mm -hmm. metal. And I remember it was in ninth grade, and we had them come do, like, a relief concert for Darfur. And it was great, except I can't remember who they are. (laughs) It was probably one of the only concerts I'd ever been to. Yeah, so they bond over music, and... um, Sharon from these punk shows 
sees this girl very early on. So she she sees a girl at the march and she's like, wow, she's so cool. I'm like, oh. And then she goes to this punk show and she sees the lead singer and she like can't stop staring at her. And in my notes, I wrote, oh, sweet, sweet baby lesbian Sharon. <laughs> she has, no, she has idea. no clue. Um, because she has Kevin, her boyfriend, who reads Nietzsche and is just like one of those guys. Yeah. And anyway, they bond over that. Um, a lot and Tammy has a really hard time in school because her aunt is like the matriarch of this whole terrible Christian um, mecca that they have down there and she makes her do stuff like like, she made her organize this anti-gay pep rally for the beginning of school where they they said they were chanting like kill a queer or something like have no fear kill a queer what was that chant it was terrible yeah it was it was oh my god it was so i don't know because it just it blew my mind that that would be allowed in a school even like a religious school like why is that okay that should never be okay and it was very striking and it was so looking at what gay people had to go through then Mm -hmm. to what they're having to go through now i would like to say we've improved and we have in some regards but they're still getting attacked and they're still not Mm-mm. fully considered especially trans people. people oh my god it makes me yeah. so angry like I'm yeah so that's a angry. whole nother show we could talk about that for hours whole nother show oh god <clears throat> um but we do just so you guys know if you check out the show notes we do list a link to the trevor project yes the trevor project um in in the time like there's a I, I found a milestone timeline for LGBTQ plus rights. Nice. Um so just check it out. We yeah. want you guys to be aware. And we did include stuff like so it's it's in, in the show notes is the anti gay movement, but that's because Tammy really yeah. did go through that. And we want you guys and we are librarians. Mm-hmm. So we believe in giving you all the information. Um so we have stuff in there about Anita Bryant. Um, the history of the yeah. anti-gay movement, just so you are aware of but what we also has over the we years. We also have fun stuff in the show notes because I found so much fun I found stuff. The video of um, Patty Smith on SNL, and it's not on YouTube, so I had to do deep digging <laughs> to find this. Madeline, Madeline did um, it now because she I was like, I day. have to, I have to watch how sexy Patty Smith was because Tammy's obsessed with her. I was like, she's got to be this, and it's a pretty dang good show you guys so watch that and also there's examples of what the punk posters looked like or still look like um, yes that advertised for the shows and so that was really cool um we have a link to tammy and or sharon ends up volunteering at valencia street books which is a feminist bookstore um a a couple streets over from castro street or something like that and that actually existed. It wasn't called Valencia Street Books, but it, it was called Old Wives Tales, and it was on Valencia Street. And it was run by a female co-op. Um, so that was a really yeah. cool tidbit that um, Robin used to, like, weave that story together. I thought that was so cool. I love all of the little historical, like, Easter eggs mm-hmm. in here. Because I was just like, oh, my God, that was a thing. That was a thing, too. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, made my... Day, it's fantastic guys so it's a it's I a love book when authors of discovery do that. of self-discovery it really is though because 
we don't want to give too much away. It's pretty obvious what happens, so, though. I mean, you guys should know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah. it's a good book. I think it's an important book. Um, I feel bad because I feel like COVID may have stopped it from being as well known. Mm. Like, because it came out during Pride Month, know, didn't it? Yeah. I Yes. So between COVID and everything else going on in the world, I feel like a lot of these books that are coming out, they're important books, are not getting as much recognition because the world has gone yeah. to shit. But <laughs> I, this book made me want to have a pen pal again because I had a pen pal in, um, well, not really a pen pal, in um, high school. I dated this guy over summer camp and then we wrote letters to each other for an entire year. So I have a whole oh my God. Basmati rice bag full of letters. Um, yeah, it was crazy. So pen palling is fun. Write your friend's letters, buy some stamps. Yes. It's, it's way better than yeah, texting yeah. because you have to wait for it and it builds the anticipation. And like, it's so so cute because later on in the book they stop writing letters for a while and then even though they have closer contact they still they end up writing letters again right that was was so so sweet sweet. i was like that was so sweet um but sharon's brother helps finds out that sharon told tammy about him and he's like you didn't ask me my permission and I feel like that scene where Sharon, they're like at a uh, baseball game or something like that. And they're all playing. Yes. And Sharon is talking to her brother, um, Peter. Yeah. Peter. And telling him about Tammy and how Tammy is gay. And she, she told Tammy that he was gay And that was kind of a breakthrough for Tammy and Sharon because they got to a point where they shared so much with each other, but they didn't share that. And then the project ended and then Tammy accidentally sent pages of her diary diary. with the letter to Sharon. And the letter to Sharon was like, we shouldn't write anymore. And this, this documentary was like her first actual lesbian experience. (laughs) It was like, not to be shared with anybody Tammy's freaking out and so Sharon felt like she really had to share that in order to kind of ease Tammy's worries but that when she told her brother Tammy was like oh shoot or Sharon was like oh shoot I I should have asked permission from both people right I could have really right and you know done damage and she just didn't think about it because when you're not hate hated on <laughs> my vocabulary today is terrible <laughs> when you're not discriminated you're, when, against because right. of the way you are it's hard to remember things like that um it's hard to think of like how important that is yeah um that coming out moment is because like i recently just i just watched uh love victor mm-hmm. on hulu and i was like oh i need to watch love simon again because it's great and there was that moment <laughs> And I'm sorry if you've never read Love, Simon or seen the mo- or Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda or have read or watched the movie. But there's this moment where a character does not get to have their coming out moment. And I was like, 
it just struck me again, like, oh, God, like, how powerful that coming out moment is for mm-hmm. someone. Like, you can't, like, how how crazy is it? Like, that's the thing that people are like, this is my moment. This is what I have to do. Because yeah, I could never imagine doing something yeah. like that, honestly. <clears throat> um, I in my notes when they were talking about that right after they exchanged that letter Sharon says all this time I thought she was normal isn't that what being straight is being normal and I was like oh no it's not so Sharon had a pretty tough internal battle with herself through this whole book Um, and Tammy's battle was more external she just needed to get the hell out of Orange County um (laughs) <laughs> poor girl like I want to like I really want to go through the book and just be like yeah I know like, because I know. a lot of what Tam- yeah, Tammy had to go through dealt with the external factors yeah. and it was touched upon in the novel but like religion and being queer and and having to deal with that because a lot of times people try to hide behind religion as a reason to not like gay people, Mm -hmm. which I'm sorry. You you can't do that. Um, So that you gotta love everybody. Love love. everybody. Right. It's literally in the Bible to love everyone. It's not your job to judge. (laughs) No, it doesn't affect your life. That's my biggest thing. Like, like how does it bother? Like, like, I just want to be like Aunt Mandy. It's not affecting your life. It doesn't matter what these people are doing. They're not in their house. You're the one having an affair. Like. Right. And you're the terrible person here. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's just one of those things I have an issue with is like, you can't hide behind something to hate someone else. Cause that's not right. And that's not okay. And that, then you need to look at yourself and be like, why do I have these problems? And maybe you're like, they're really gay. Yeah. Who knows? And you don't have to have a label on it. When I was when I was no. reading this book, at the same time I was reading this romance book that was okay, so I'm just gonna say it, it was a menage book. So it was two men and Ooh. a female. But the guys were actually college roommates and they had a gay experience after a truth or dare one night, and the one guy Ooh. ran away because he was like, Oh, oh my god, I'm not gay. <sighs> for years for years and then they do this promotion for this other company and his friend is there and they end up having a menage and realizing through this that he's actually in love with the guy the point of me telling you this is that he struggled through the whole book of having the label of being gay and so many people told him like jake you don't have to be gay it's okay to just love Jackson. Like you don't have to love men. Right. It's okay to just love Jackson. And so that was I was so I was I was kind of having a little bit of queer fatigue reading both of these at the same time because it was so much angst and like I went through that in early college. You know, like I've always been queer. People in high school knew it before I knew it kind of. You know, but like looking back on it, I've always been queer. And so I went through that. And so having to relive it at the same time, I'm never going to read two books like that at the same time again. I was like, oh, my God. Well, but, so, yeah. I think that's an important thing to note is like the label thing. Yeah. People are so conscious of their labels. But like 
if you look at it now, there's so many different yeah. labels and like sexualities. And I think that it's great because you can't, it's not something you can just like, Mm-mm. it's black or Mm-mm. white. It, that's Mm-mm. not what it is. It's literally a freaking yeah. rainbow, to be honest. Yeah. Because not everyone is going to be the same. And that is yeah. okay. Because love is love. And at the end of the day, who cares? Right. Who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> I don't care. Like, if somebody cares. What does it matter? Then they need to check themselves because it's yeah. not affecting them. And it's no. not their job to play God or whatever God they believe in. I, that right. makes me so mad. so mad. It does. It just, it's. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, just love who you love. I mean, I'm a queer woman and I have a husband. He was just lucky that he came along when he did because I probably wouldn't have a husband because I'm really, I'm really more lesbian than I am straight. You can ask all my friends. I'm wearing a plaid right now. (laughs) (laughs) But you just, you love who you love. And actually that was hard for me having a husband and still, I don't think my mom still believes that I'm queer because I'm in a straight passing relationship. And that's a huge thing too. A lot of people can be in straight passing relationships or in gay passing relationships. It doesn't matter. Passing, passing, passing. You love who you love. So. Right. There shouldn't, it's just crazy to me. Why, why do we need that, that, that definition? Mm, Like, Oh, but you are gay. No. no, What if, because what if like, you know, there are people that are attracted to people's yeah, minds, yeah. their personalities, and it doesn't matter, yeah. you know, what's on the outside, yeah. they care about what's on the inside, mm-hmm. literally, because I can't remember the term for it now. Shoot. But you know yeah. what I mean. So they're attracted to that person. Yeah. This is, um, it's like a romantic. They're more romantic than sexual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just can't remember all the terms. It's like demi, there's like demi-romantic and demisexual yeah. and aromantic and asexual. It's a whole spectrum again, like the rainbow. So going back to the book because we're still on this queer rant. Oh God, sorry. Um, and we've I think we've already surpassed thirty minutes. So real quick, <laughs> bonus time. The book also has to do with Harvey Milk because Tammy, in her diary entries, actually writes her diary entries, "Dear Harvey," because it's easier yes. for her to imagine writing to. Um, a person and especially a person that is out and proud and living their life honestly. Mm-hmm. And so that's really fun to kind of, um, it spans his career to almost 20 to almost exactly 20 days um, before he was assassinated. Um, yeah. Look up that history. It's in our show notes. If I meet you on the street and you say you've listened to my podcast and you don't know who Harvey Milk is, we're going to have a conversation. Because <laughs> yes. he's so important. Well, that, um, so that's that's in there. And that's a really fun history policy mm-hmm. weave in um, that they connect over as well. It's just such a, it's a Which sweet story. It's just, it's a good coming book. Of, coming of age. <laughs> like, yeah. Coming into yourself, into your own, accepting other people. And I really want to own a feminist bookstore. I really wish I lived in a place where I could open one. I just want to say that. That's my dream. We could have your pastries that you bake that yes. are amazing. And then, like, coffee. And then yes. just... Dreamy. And then alcohol at night to keep the nightlife going. Yeah. Because we could stay open until 2 a.m. Yeah. In case you need that so, sequel. I I read this one. This, this is completely off topic again. But... 
this is a plug for another author, so I'm going to include it. Yeah. There's an author called Stacy Hart, and she has this whole series of books that are based around the Wasted Words bookstore. And they have a coffee <gasps> bar in it, and then at night they have wine and it's actual bar and they have like book clubs and book readings and I want that to be real so badly and if I ever have the chance to open a bookstore I'm gonna email Stacy Hart and be like can I use your name (laughs) like I will stock your all of your books but they're really fun romance books they're super fun romance books so pick those books up um Stacy Hart s-t-a-c-i-h-a-r-t okay all right guys well, thanks for listening. Yeah. So for more behind the scenes looks in the show notes, check out our Instagram at what y'all reading mm-hmm. podcast. And if you have any suggestions for books to read, or again, we need more dad jokes, email us at what y'all reading podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And stay tuned for the dad joke. And yes. we will, I keep saying, we'll see you next week. I guess you'll hear us next week. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be hearing from us. Yeah. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Are you ready for your dad joke of the week? This one is actually a mom joke, and Alyssa told me about it, so I hope you will love it. Why is a computer so smart? Because it listens to its motherboard. See you guys next week.